0: Motherboard is brought to you this week by GitHub. GitHub is the best way to build software together. Whether it's your company's app, your favorite open source library, or a weekend side project, GitHub helps everyone work better by providing tools for easier collaboration and code sharing on any device. Start collaborating today. Open source project hosting is free. Learn more at github.com. I can hear you. Can you hear me well? Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to actually hear your voice. I know. Same with your voice. <laughs> Very comforting. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so I, I want to tell you, Max is still awake. Um, That's fine. yeah, no, worries. no <laughs> we, worries. We may, um, we, we may get intermittent visiting and stuff that I need to just edit out later or leave in as like the reality of what it's like to parent. Um, Hello. Hello.
1: <laughs> Hello. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Trust me. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's been a, it's been a really kind of weird summer for us with Matt in New York city all summer and uh, just to make my Ooh. life. You didn't tell me that. Oh, yeah. I've been solo parenting, which is why I've been such a spaz. And I really appreciated your very thoughtful email that I didn't even have the wherewithal to answer earlier this summer where you were like, are you taking on too much? Yes. Yep. I have way too much going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah, So this has been eight weeks. (laughs) So really, really quite a while. But so to make it easier on me. Uh, I just let Max sleep in my bed and then we just yep. went to bed at the same time every night. And, um, you know, what, tonight is one of the nights where I'm not there. And so he's like, I'm so scared.
1: Yeah. 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 If your son, you know, has to, if he needs you, just let's just break. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm cool with that. Okay. Should, Cause I'm right there with you. I know what you're going through. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Okay. So there's no worries in that as well. Okay. Okay okay
0: cool all right so i am just gonna start with the intro oh wait i hear
1: crying (laughs) yeah i do too
0: okay i'll be right back
1: yep no worries
0: I, like it. I got a blanket for you. Maybe okay. right here. I'll turn off the lights It's not too bright. And I'll get Pogo. You'll get Pogo because I'm scared of the dog. I'll get Pogo. Okay. okay, here's Pogo. And you'll be able to hear me talk. hello hello <laughs> thanks for waiting I yep. relocated him to the couch in the same room and we'll see how this is
1: yeah that might be better yeah okay yeah.
0: This is episode 8 of Motherboard brought to you by GitHub. I'm Catherine Rotundo and today's guest is Rese Rio. Risa and I learned programming together at the Harvard Extension School where she got her master's in digital arts and sciences. She then became a junior software/slash web developer for the Molecular Flipbook team, a group of biologists out of Harvard and the University of Utah. Molecular Flipbook is free open source animation software that makes it easy for scientists to create animations, to visualize, modify, and share their hypotheses. The principal investigator, Janet Iwasa has uh, given a Ted talk about it. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Risa now lives in the San Diego area where she recently taught a Python workshop at geek girl tech conference. She lives with her partner, Josh, and their daughter, Mayari, who is seven years old and just started second grade, and their two tiny dogs. Hi, Risa.
1: Hi, Hi Catherine.
0: <laughs> How's it going? It's going well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have this big time difference. It's evening for me. It's like lunchtime for you. How was your morning?
1: Uh, morning went well. Did a lot of stuff. Chatted with a lot of people.
0: Are you a morning person?
1: Uh, by default, as a parent, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It changes yeah. you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I've been up probably since uh, three thirty. Actually, for this morning.
0: Three thirty.
1: Yes, three thirty. <laughs>
0: that is crazy.
1: I know, I know, but it happens.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you've like had you've had an entire day. You've had a day like my day. <laughs>
1: It, yes, indeed. And it's not over yet. So. Oh, my
0: goodness. Wow. All right. Well, go you. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you because we haven't had a chance to talk like voice to voice in such a long time.
1: I know. Yeah. I know. It's good hearing
0: you. Oh, gosh. I'm, you know, when we knew each other really well, we were students, we were single, and we were maybe dating the people that we would later you know, join up with and have kids with, but, um, we, we were living these totally different lifestyles than what we live now. Um,
1: yeah, de- definitely me. Yes. <laughs> well, we both were, yes, I agree. Yeah. Single and, uh, probably a little more wild for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, and all, you know, good times. <laughs>
0: and we had, um, we had all, all, like this enormity of, of free time where we, we had our day jobs and then we, had our programming classes in the evening, and we worked evenings and weekends, you know, slaving on these assignments for these, these projects, yes. and it's just, um, I don't know, <laughs> I, I couldn't do that in my life right now.
1: No, neither could I. In fact, I, I often think about those times, talking to another friend of ours, just how much time we would put doing our programs at night after work and then over the weekends to the wee morning hours and that's just not it's it's possible but it's it's even more difficult right because i have i have done it before from the former project that i just completed so
0: yeah i could not do it now (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so that's impressive that you've done it. Um, yeah, so tell me uh, this this project. So you've been in academia where you've been working on a grant-based project that that had a deadline and, and you just referenced that it just ended. Um, can you talk a little bit about that work? Like what, oh, sure. what was it like? What was your role? What programming languages were you
1: using? Sure, sure. So I recently completed a grant-driven project that almost ran for three years and i was hired as a junior python programmer and was supposed to assist and i did i did assist my lead developer mike pan who who is wonderful and the first year i worked with mike on the molecular flipbook which was the software toolkit that we were creating and after the first year then i was pulled off of that and started to work on the website and so In the first year, I was working using the language, the Python language, for the Blender, the open source Blender 3D animation suite. And we were working in the game engine. And for the game engine, at that time, there was no UI library for the game engine. And actually, a guy named Mitchell Stokes, he just started working on that library. And so Mike decided, hey, we could use this. And started extending off of that library and building widgets and whatnot for our toolkit. So that was Python and the Blender game UI using Python. And then, like I said, I went over to the website after the first year. And for the next year and pretty much almost two years, I was working using... uh, So it was a full, full stack. I was pretty much a full stack developer. At the back end, I was using Django and Postgres SQL... And then a bunch of third-party plugins, such as Django, Celery, uh, Haystack, and I deployed it to Heroku and used a bunch of their services like Redis Cloud and Elasticsearch, um, which is a search index, and Redis Cloud, it's a queue. And then at the front end, I was using basically JavaScript and jQuery. So those were the languages I was using. Wow,
0: so you have this really broad skill set. It's cool that you were able to to jump between um, yeah the software itself and then this whole website supporting it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean it was it was an exciting project. I was excited to be doing it. I learned so much in the job. It was wonderful working with my lead developer. It was just a great experience. It was a nice springboard off of you know, after having graduated from Harvard's master's program and then being able to have this job was a great start for me uh, to jump into another career or another direction in my career. So so I'm interested
0: in talking uh, about sort of that whole path, how that happened for you, because like me, you were a continuing education student switching Um, You Mm -hmm. you wanted to be a software developer and and, um, you had another day job (laughs) that wasn't software development. And I'm curious, like, how did you decide that you wanted to be a developer and start taking the evening classes? And um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: how was the transition into being a, a developer after you graduated?
1: I actually wanted to be a computer science major way back when I was an undergrad at UC Irvine. So this was back in the 80s. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was first my first two years at UC Irvine, I was taking computer science classes. Um, My first language was Pascal, believe it or not. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, I was doing Pascal and I was learning assembly language. And um, but it was a really hard program to get into at the time. And so, I ended up moving from that to actually going into applied mathematics. And even at one point in time, I was triple majoring. Yeah. Yeah, I was triple majoring in applied mathematics because my advisor said, well, you know, if you still want to do something computer-related, you should take these courses and major in applied mathematics. So on top of that, and then I was trying to major in women's studies and French lit. But I was two classes away from my applied mathematics degree, and I actually dropped out, I know. So, Uh yeah, so I actually, um, it's kind of a curvy, swervy kind of path into what I'm doing now. I just want to say this real quickly, though, because there's probably a lot of people out there who are like me. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And uh, so after I got my degrees at at UC Irvine, then I went off and got a master's in in feminist liberation theology. And I was in Boston by that time. So I moved from California to Boston and went into health promotion for a while after that degree uh, was completed. And then pretty much burned out and a friend of mine, my ex-girlfriend's brother-in-law, said, hey, you should get a job at Harvard because Harvard will pay for your education. You've always been talking about computer science. It seems like you still want to do this. And so after his suggestion, then I got a job at Harvard, and Harvard was wonderful for me. They were able to pay for my education. At the Extension School, I was able to take the classes. And I started to take computer science classes probably back in 98, And yeah, yeah. So back at UC Irvine, I didn't want to do what most of my peers wanted to do. And that was basically getting a job in a military-funded company. I wanted, I actually saw the first animation film festival at UC Irvine. And I saw Pixar's Hopping Lamp, Luke Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when I saw that little short, I said, that's what I want to do with my degree. Yeah, so awesome. Isn't that funny? And but the computer science program didn't know what I was talking about. And they told me to go to the School of Fine Arts. So I did. And then the School of Fine Arts said, well, we don't know what you're talking about. Go go back to like the engineering sciences. The school's there. And so I was I wasn't I didn't have that guidance. And of course, You know, it's not like today. Back then, you know, no one was really talking about that. There wasn't any programs, you know, such as Digital Arts and Sciences, which is now at Harvard. So move forward to the 90s, right? Then I started taking classes, and there were classes available in, um, like, animation and whatnot. So I was able to take those classes. And when they opened up the Digital Arts and Sciences concentration at Harvard, I was really excited. I said, this is what I've been wanting to do. So I went for it. And that's kind of like how I came about to what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. uh, Because I I didn't remember that being there when I was there. Yeah. Uh, I left. I finished my certificate. I didn't do a master's uh, in like, oh, I want to say like 2004. And um, yeah. And then after that, I went to. RISD is continuing Ed Department and started taking flash classes, which there were you know, there was none there was no digital animation stuff at Harvard. I couldn't have done it there.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And there and there wasn't. I mean what little they had, you know, was dependent on what faculty, you know, what what instructors were available at the time. And I kept pushing the dean. You know, Henry? Yeah, Henry <laughs> yes. yes, of course. He's <laughs> wonderful, by the way. Um, but I kept saying, when are you going to open this up? You know that there's a demand for it. You know that. And he kept saying, you know, I know, I know, I, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, you know, but well, for whatever reasons, it, but it did come about, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and uh, he's and he's the one who told me, goes, oh, hey, by the way, and then he <laughs> told me about the digital arts and sciences concentration. So I jumped on it. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So while we're on the subject of continual learning, let me tell everyone about our sponsor, GitHub's Patchwork Events. These are free hands-on workshops for learning Git and GitHub. Newcomers are guided through the basics by GitHubers and community mentors. So whether you'd like to learn as a participant or share your knowledge as a mentor, everyone is welcome for a night of hacking, food, drinks, and friends. Check out the GitHub blog. That's blog.github.com for details of a patchwork near you. Okay. So what job were you in and where were you in your education? Um, when you had your daughter,
1: Okay, so at the time I was, oh, so I got a job at Harvard Medical School and I was fortunate to land a position in the IT department at the medical school. And I was doing tech support for medical students and it, it taught me a lot of things. I was pretty much given the, the task of configuring all the Macs and creating the images for the Macs. Maintaining them, but I was also maintaining the Windows machines as well, and and helping out my supervisor and testing the image for Windows. And so I was doing that a lot, as well as, you know, any student who had issues with their computer, I would basically rebuild their computers if it was just. Loaded with viruses. <laughs> so I did, I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that and, uh, with Macs and Windows. So I, I really don't have a preference. I don't, I'm not in any camp, the Windows camp or the Mac camp, because I think both computers have issues. <laughs> but, but um, well, so be it. But I did learn a lot in that job. And they did give me a lot of opportunities to actually grow and kind of pursue what I wanted to do. Even though I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do, I was able to at least ask different units, different, you know, different coworkers, colleagues, and ask them about their jobs and whatnot. And then they would tell me what they liked and, and didn't like about their jobs. So that was helpful as well. Um,
0: I feel like, uh, yeah, that, that it was a really lucky thing that you were in it. I, while I was doing my degree, I wished that I were and I kept applying for jobs that I wouldn't get in it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so helpful. I mean, I had the support of my partner who had studied computer science and like he was someone I could, could lean on to ask questions, um, or just bounce, bounce things off of that. I wanted to know more about, but it would have been so nice to have that in my, in my day job. I feel like yeah. that was a really supportive thing.
1: Yeah. And it was. And even when I got pregnant, cause I had three years worth of fertility treatments and, I, I again, I was a, a mother who, what's that term that they use, advanced something maturity?
0: <laughs> oh, advanced maternal age.
1: Yeah, so I was one of those. I was categorized as that um, because I was always back and forth about, you know, whether or not I wanted to have a child. And then when I decided, yes, I do want to have a child, I I miscarried twice. and nice. um, And then I started my fertility treatments, which is really taxing on the body, and after three years, I reached a point where I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Because they take you through the whole gamut of different types of treatments. And then I had reached the point where I was doing IVF. And fortunately, I first try, I was, it was boom, the nurse <laughs> called me up and she says, you're pregnant. And I said, no, I'm not. She goes, why would I be kidding you? Why would I be calling you? I said, yeah, you're right, huh? So I was excited. And my coworkers were really supportive, very excited for me and uh, knew I was really happy and but it was a hard pregnancy it was taxing because of the fertility treatments and also it was just a really hard pregnancy um, she was really big I'm very small and have a petite frame and um, it, it was just really hard and probably by the third trimester I started to experience serious serious pain in my body and I kept thinking oh this is just part of being pregnant well after I had given birth, I'm just going to dive into that. After I had given birth three weeks um, postpartum, I was in extreme pain 10 plus. I couldn't walk. And I was basically, you know, scared out of my mind, didn't know what was going on, was experiencing excruciating pain, and started to see over basically over a two-year span, two year span over 20 something doctors and all these different specialties, and they had no clue, and it was, interestingly, there was a medical student, so in that time, I was, you know, you, Harvard gives you three months off, right, from maternity leave, Yeah. and, you know, going back to Harvard being really supportive, I actually talked to one of the HR persons about my pain, and I said, you know, something's wrong with me, I'm trying to figure out, I'm going to all these doctors, and she said, okay, well, you know, we have this in your benefits that you can use so i was actually i was able to get 3 months off in addition to the maternity leave for 3 months oh, so i that had it so great yeah so it was 6 months of not having to work and receiving benefits but it still wasn't enough for me and moving forward after t- 2 years i was told by a medical student cuz then by, by then i had to return to work otherwise they would have fired me they mm. would have said you know you can't you're not doing your job you can't do your job we have to we need somebody in this job and that was the only reason why so at the time so I had gone back to work I was still in you know like 10 plus pain a medical student was you know I was just chatting with her and she said you know it's, it sounds like you've got neuropathy and I said well what, what's that and so she tried to explain it to me and she said I really think you should see this doctor at at um, Mass General Hospital so I ended up seeing this woman who also had a lab there and she was like one of the top neurologists at in the New England area that specialized in the, the uh, small fiber polyneuropathy, which is, she eventually diagnosed me. She said, oh, I know what you have. And it was, on one hand, it was really, it made me feel better, like I'm not crazy, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Because at because seeing like over twenty something doctors and some of them saying are you they did they actually questioned my sanity like oh are you just is this postpartum depression or whatnot and you know and I, I I tried to explain to them what I was feeling you know which was really hard hard for me to describe because I had never experienced it you know and 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 trying to describe it to other like to my friends and to my family was just really hard because, you know, they had no clue, I had no clue, and and, and seeing all these different doctors who had no clue, but this one doctor, uh, she did, um, actually her name's um, Dr. Oaklander, and so it was nice, so she says, no, you're not crazy, you have small fiber polyneuropathy, you know, here are the tests that we've done on you, and it's it's pretty clear, so from that point on, then I still wanted to know what the cause was. And I kept pursuing other doctors and trying to get more tests done. And it reached a point probably after hmm, two more years that the last doctor I saw who was a rheumatologist said, you know, you've been on this, you know, on this journey where you're just trying to find out the cause, but I have a feeling you're never going to find out the cause. And what you need to do now is do pain management. Mm. Yeah. So, I, I said, okay. So, I started diving into that. You know, I was doing acupuncture and massage therapy, hydrotherapy, and also I was prescribed gabapentrin, which was not good for me. Uh, it just, you know, I couldn't think. So, yeah. So, it was it was really hard. I eventually weaned myself off of that too, and just started to look into alternative therapies and 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 working like with vitamin supplements and whatnot. So
0: you know, I think um, something that you're that you've said is something I want to um, just pause and uh, I just shake my head vehemently, and <laughs> and um, just this this idea. You know, you started to know something was wrong during your pregnancy, right? It gets uh, more clear after the baby's out and you realize, okay, it's not a pregnancy (laughs) symptom. I've given birth. There's still something going on. Um, and then it, it took you a really long time to find out what it was and even longer to figure out how to treat it. Um, and to me, this is something that I feel like I'm really confused about how the working world handles this in general. I don't think this is something specific to the tech industry, but I feel like all parental leave policies are, are made sort of for the best case scenario, (laughs) you know, that, that -hmm. someone has their baby and they have this easy birth and um, everybody's healthy and they can, uh, the parent can return to work after eight weeks or 12 weeks or, or whatever that is. And um that it's sort of this all or nothing thing of um either you come back or your job is no longer there for you. Um and I just I I, I can I feel um so such a oh uh, such a closeness with you because of <laughs> because my, my experience was so similar. I had depression that wasn't diagnosed. Um actually I, I had other um, physical problems with my, uh, uh, pregnancy and and birth. But, um, but afterwards I had depression that didn't get properly diagnosed until my child was two years old. And so, you know, that there can be a lot of time for new moms um, and maybe new parents in general where, um, something's changed because of the pregnancy and birth process. And it, it can take a while to figure out. And I'm uh, I just wish that, um, I wish that the laws <laughs> were caught up with this, with this reality, you know, that, um, FMLA would include the idea that, you know, sometimes people need to be out longer, um, and maybe still should be allowed <laughs> to go back to a
1: job. Oh, I, I completely agree with you, but it's not just, you know, parental leave or, you know, uh, you know, after having a baby, um, maternal leave but it's also with disabilities like a dis- disability leaves right because yeah. I, I had actually contributed to a long-term disability plan and have the hardest time probably more so with them than the woman whom i spoke to in hr about my my initial pain when it started to happen, who granted me three months Uh in addition to the three months that I already received. She was like, oh, God, this sounds awful. And so she was really good about it. And then after three months, you know, went by and I said, is something still wrong with me? I've been proactive. I've been really proactive in trying to find out what the issue is. And she said, well, now we need to go to the next step and that's start talking with the long-term disability folks and for them it was it was like well we need a diagnosis period mm. and then even if you're given a diagnosis well what they do with that is well can you or can you not do x x percentage of your job and if you can then we need to somehow figure out a way where you can do that percentage of your job wow. yeah it gets it gets yeah. really weird and yeah. so it, it's like it- you know, just because yeah. your
0: your butt can physically be in the chair, <laughs> like is that yeah. good enough for you to be at work?
1: Yeah, and you know, the, what it, what it comes down to is my job entailed? I had to run around, you know, like three flights yeah. <laughs> of, of you know this big you know medical school building, and I was running around dealing with over two hundred computers, you know, and so if a faculty member had problems with a computer, I had to be there troubleshooting, which meant I had to get on my feet and wobble over there in pain and it, so it was and like really
0: get hard. under their desk and rent yeah. cables
1: that's that's yeah. right 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 yeah. and it just wasn't you know my feet it was my entire body that was in full full-blown pain basically so I, I did have a lot of problems with the, the disability plan that I had bought into and that's what was upsetting because I kept thinking like you know I've never used this plan it was there for me just in case and here I can't even use it. And I wasn't able to use it, which was really. Oh, you
0: ultimately weren't. So after uh, yeah. after yeah. those six months, what happened?
1: I had to go back to work, so because remember, I didn't. I wasn't diagnosed until two years out after I had my baby, right? Mm-hmm. So Mayari was born in two thousand and seven, so I didn't find out until like two thousand and nine, um, and but by then the the disability plan said, "Up, oh, sorry, you've missed the the deadline or whatever timeline, whatever you know that I had to work in within." And um, so I had to go back. What I did was I I complained to HR saying, "Well, you know, I understand." what's going on with long-term disability folks and their, you know, the whole policy involved there, but I'm in a lot of pain. Can't you work with me on this? You know, and actually my, my supervisor was really good about this. And I think it was more of him who worked with me and my pain because of the very fact that he experienced a lot of pain. Hmm. Um, and I, you know, I know he had stenosis, so I could tell that we could talk about our pain and understand one another's pain. So he was, he was good about it. He, you know, he knew I had to go out and do this. And he, he said, he goes, well, you know, you have to do this. And I said, I know that and I go, but I, if I can sit as much as I can, you know, I'm just letting you know. And he's like, that's fine. You know, and if, if it's absolutely painful for you, then we'll get one of your coworkers, which there was really only a person who was half time, mm. you know, and, it it was you know so, so not a lot of relief. Yeah, not a lot of relief at all. So yeah, that was, it was it was really hard. And on top of that, it was trying to finish up my master's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, yeah.
0: hugely stressful, right? Because there's oh, sort yeah. of a time limit of like you need to take all of your classes within this span of
1: time. And, yeah, five years. <laughs> yeah. Uh so stressful oh it was it was incredibly stressful so that that was my pregnancy and postpartum you know experience and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah Uh,
0: so um so how did you get through it like what what were the most helpful things during that time
1: Well, you know, like I said, I did get support from my supervisor. Um, I did, you know, people knew that something. I was having health issues. So that, that was good. So those folks who did know about my health problem were really good about, you know, helping me out and whatnot. At home, it was hard, though, because, you know, my husband Joshua, he, you know, he worked a lot of long hours and was gone a lot of the time. So it was really hard for me. To literally hold the baby, like I had a hard time holding her. Right, yeah. just
0: picking her up. That was
1: Pick, yeah, picking yeah. her up, changing her, you know, comforting her because I was in pain. So that that was really difficult. But when he did try to be there, he was there for me. He did. He was uh encouraging in that sense, and uh, he knew that I was experiencing a lot of pain. He knew he. he I mean, of course, he couldn't feel it because he wasn't experiencing it. And, mm-hmm. But he knew I was that my life had changed, and uh, I think he felt guilty in a lot of ways for not being there for me. But we also knew too, like you have to pay the bills. We need jobs. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So there, you know, that's what it came down to was, you know, we we needed to work because we needed to pay um, the bills. We had, and of course, if you know Boston, the uh, having a a baby. In Boston, is very, very expensive. Um, that wasn't actually, yeah, I forgot. I, I did have daycare because we ended up having daycare for her, so home daycare. Okay. And that was really helpful. And the the women who um, provided the care were really good about working with me, and they knew I had a, a health problem, too. And so that, that was helpful. But then, you know, and then I'd go and I'd pick, pick up my Ari from daycare, and uh, would, you know, be taking care of her at night. So that was like, so daycare was definitely helpful. Yeah. You know, and she got that social interaction with the kids. And then when Josh was available and at home, he was very helpful. And then I also, too, I had friends when, oh, my gosh, you know, like I was really embarrassed to ask for help. And one of my friends, she ended up telling a bunch of our, our, our other friends at work and women whom I really didn't hang out with. Mm-hmm. And they all, they all said, okay, we've got to help her. And they would actually come during lunchtime to help me take care of my art and to help me with my, oh, wow. my, my health problems. Yeah. So I, I, uh, all the power to them. They were, That's I'll never touching. forget that. Yes, yeah. It gives you it faith was. in humanity. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was wonderful.
0: Um, well, so now you're a few years out from, from yep. all of this stuff you've, um, yep. You know, you're managing the pain, which kind of comes and goes,
1: right? Uh, um, yes, yeah. <laughs> and well, it's actually chronic. So every day I experience pain. It's it's at a two three level right now. Okay. So when I wake up, I feel pain. When I go to sleep, I feel pain. But it's when it it's when the flare ups happen. So okay. and it goes you know, up to like level six and on, that's when I really, I'm not able to work and I'm not able to function or to take care of my R And then I end up calling Josh I said, you have to come home, please come home. Mm-hmm. And, and actually his workplace um, is pretty good. They'll say, okay, you know, you know, just take PTO um, time off and, and take care of her. So he'll, he'll start helping out. And if he has time to come home earlier than usual, then he will so yeah
0: and how how long do flare-ups usually last
1: how long? yeah oh, <laughs> so, sometimes they can last for a few hours to a day to actually a week like my the recent episode i had i was out for a week oh. and i was just really just bedridden i just had to stay in bed and people always say, well, can't you take medicine for it or whatnot? And it's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> you just can't. You know, you can You can only numb yourself out so much. I mean, I have this topical cream, but I, you know, I don't like using it because it's very, it, it's addictive, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, and so I'm very careful with that, too. It's only when it's extreme that I'll, uh, you know, I'll just lie down and I'll go to sleep. Really. Yeah. yeah. Sort of
0: like what you would do with a migraine.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. Just imagine the migraine on you know yeah. your entire body, <laughs> full
0: body migraine.
1: And I and I have to admit, um, my uh, the recent job that I just ended, my supervisor was really cool about it. She um, she you know she didn't understand like the the experience of the pain that I was going through, but when I did explain it to her, she was like, okay, just take care of yourself. And she also has two kids, so she understood you know daycare and whatnot and taking care of your kid when. You know school gets out and there's no daycare available (laughs) so she was she was good about that as well as well as my even my lead developer he's like oh no go take care of yourself so that that was the beauty of that job too they were really supportive in that way
0: that's really good
1: (laughs) yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah
0: yeah that's that's great that you had such good support and it's also it must feel a little strange um, since that contract has ended to Absolutely. be yep. without that support and sort of, you know, uh, a person with, um, with disability needs and, um, you know, who, who's looking for a job,
1: right? Right. Um, I'm. Yeah, being unemployed does not make me feel comfortable. No,
0: that's, I think that you're in the majority there. <laughs> you know,
1: so yeah, I've been actively looking for a job for the past month because the project ended at the end of July. But you know, here's some obstacles: is it is is my disability? You know, I. I have had a number several interviews and um you know on occasion I've mentioned to a few a few of the folks who were interviewing me that I had this health issue you know just I didn't say you know is this will this be an issue for you but just kind of like mentioning it to them and then <laughs> as I kept going through all these interviews I stopped talking about it because I thought you know I'll maybe I'll just bring it up when I'm actually given the paper that, that says, you know, you've been offered this position right, right. <laughs> because I'm worried about it. I'm worried. There's a number of things I'm worried about. I'm worried about my disability and will they be, you know, will they be okay? And, and will they understand when, when I do have a flare up that I need, I need time off. Um, well, another issue is, will they understand that, you know, that I have a, a child, I have a seven year old little girl who needs me, and that's one of the reasons why, too, that I'm looking into remote or very, very local, Mm -hmm. (laughs) very local positions, or, you know, companies that offer flexible, really, really flexible schedules, or partial, or, you know, like a couple of days of remote, (laughs) remote time for me.
0: uh, you know, for my own experience searching, because I I live in a very rural place and I don't have local jobs available to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, finding a combination of like remote and part-time or remote and flexible enough to be on my hours and not on East or West coast hours. Um, it's actually pretty tricky, you know, for all that we talk about flexibility in our industry of like, you can do it anywhere. You just pop your laptop open and, and work from the beach or whatever. I I don't think that companies are, I I don't think there are a lot of listings out there for part-time things or for really, you know, insanely flexible things. People, people want you to show up at an office or they want you to show up online at certain hours if you're not going to be in an office.
1: Right,
0: right. Um, it, is, I, it, it is trickier than I thought it would be to find truly I, flexible work.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it, you know, and I I just, I'm talking to a lot of friends, friends who are in the San Diego Python users group or friends who are in the San Diego PyLadies group, um, who are wonderful people by the way. <laughs> and, And um, they've actually been very, very helpful in, you know, like, passing information along and saying, hey, hey, there's this company, and they're actually opening a few remote positions, or, you know, I know about these people here, and they, you know, I've actually chatted with them and mentioned your name, and and so they're kind of looking out for me, which is really nice, you know, and um, they'll say, yeah, she's looking for a remote or very flexible schedule, and so, you know, then they tell me, like, the responses that they get after chatting with these people, and... And which, which is like, you know, either a nay or nay or yay. And so if it's a yay, then I'm like, okay, I'll contact them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, it's just really helpful, you know? Yeah. 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 Networking is definitely
0: important. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And especially with tech companies too, you know, if you apply to a tech company um, just through their, their form on their website, you know, they may get so many applicants that way that they can't respond to everybody, but Um, often if you, uh, if you go through someone internal, like if, if someone within the company recommends you, then you get on the list of, at least they will (laughs) write you back once and tell you whether they (laughs) want you or not, um, like they'll actually, actually look at your resume.
1: Yeah. I mean, considering that I've gone through several interviews, the fact that I've actually, had interviews, you know, on the, the first time I send out my resume is, is actually a plus, you know, yeah, and I mean, really good. I, yeah, yeah. You should be like, about that. I
0: know. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know pat on the back. So yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely helpful with networking, but also try to figure out when can I mention these, these concerns of mine? You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I
0: mean, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, you know, there's, there's a certain level of, of, protection that the Americans with Disabilities Act it, it should cover you for but mm-hmm. um, but you know the the fact that there is a law and then the way that people will feel about <laughs> being surprised by information they didn't know or um, you know just uh, having to deal with whatever accommodations need to be made when the time yep. comes um, yep. are kind of two different things
1: yep, absolutely yep. Uh, Definitely.
0: So do you think you will um like are do you wanna stay in academia? Did you uh would you love to be on another project that is sort of moves at the 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 pace um of the one that you were just on or are you thinking about industry or both? Is it like totally wide open?
1: It's it's wide open for me at this point, you know. I mean I I think what's most important for me is like you know, learning more skills, strengthening the skills that I have now, and, you know, just being able to have all these, the opportunity to, to like learn all these different technologies and really cool technologies. So I I think that's most important for me. And if, if a company can offer that wonderful, you know, I'll, I'll definitely apply for whatever job they have, but that, yeah, I'm, I'm open to both, you know.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. You definitely constantly have to keep learning in our industry anyway, so might as well be doing it at your job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's actually what I've been doing now too. So in the time that I've been unemployed, I've been, you know, going online, looking at the tutorials there, chatting with other people about this technology and that technology and why would you use it and what are you using it for. And, and just asking people, like, well, what direction? Why Why did you choose this direction of being a web developer? And why did you move from being a, a software developer to a web developer? Which is actually interesting. So um, some of the uh, their opinions is helpful.
0: Yeah, that that's great that you're um, in sort of information gathering mode, informational interview mode.
1: Yes, um, absolutely.
0: And, you know, it may feel a little crummy to you um, be between projects, but it's also, I feel like these things are always, um, like gives you this chance to, to take that step back and reflect on, okay, like what is the overall direction of my career or, you know, the trajectory of what kind of tech I want to be working on,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, that some people don't, don't step back and do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, of course, I wish you tons of luck in your job search. I'm sure that by the time this episode gets out there in the world, you'll already be um, happily working
1: somewhere. Um, Thank you. (laughs) um, I will definitely let you know. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Um, Well, my
0: last questions for you are just, um, you know, if you have any um, like a MacGyver type, stuff that you've rigged up to keep your life sane as a working parent.
1: Oh, um, so like what, what pieces of of advice that I would give?
0: Yeah. You know, like, uh, um, the last woman that I spoke to has a babysitter who comes in the morning before her kid goes to school and like helps get ready for school. She's a single mom. And that is Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's a, a solution that, I would never have thought of. And it's, it's fascinating to me. Are there, I don't, and and another woman mentioned that she like cleans everything with diaper wipes. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) it runs the gamut, but do you have any, like, I don't know, resay tricks to parenting?
1: Oh, well, I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. Now that Mayari's in school, it's really helpful because she has the set schedule, and we're really fortunate to have, to be able to pay for daycare. So she, after school, she goes to like the Boys and Girls Club and is there up till like six o'clock when when I can pick her up. So that's helpful too, if you can afford it, of course, right? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, uh, something that I would like to uh, to give advice to women out there is like if you're indecisive about being a biological or non biological parent, you know, I, I would advise them taking the time to think about just these different scenarios where you know you never know down the road you might just adopt or foster a child. you might become a guardian of a child or your partner might decide you know that she would she or he would like to have kids or better yet you might find yourself with an unplanned pregnancy and may decide, you know, hey, I want to go through this pe- pregnancy and keep the baby And you know being able to like have that support system there for you, especially if you experience you know you find out you have a disability, um, after after you've given birth I think that that's like the most important thing that I I would like women to t- you know to take from this talk
0: yeah I I am on board with that I feel like basically the only sure thing about parenting is that you're going to be presented with a bunch of situations that you cannot anticipate and yeah you, you have to um, be flexible to deal with them and 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 try to build the best sort of support that you can in your life for to be able to weather whatever happens. Um, I, I think you're doing amazing. (laughs) I'm so inspired by you and you know, how, how far (laughs) we've both come since we were students. And, um, it's really cool to see the, the cool projects that you've been able to work on and, um, you know, to see you living this life, as a developer that that we both dreamed of so
1: so thank you i think you're doing a great job as well i mean everyone i've been telling them about you know motherboard podcasts and everyone's excited i've had a number of friends who are actually listening and and seeing like wow i didn't know you know yeah so thank you thank you for having this i i really appreciate it um so
0: you're welcome That wraps up this episode of Motherboard. Thanks again to our sponsor, GitHub, for supporting parents in tech. To sponsor or support the podcast, that is to help us pay the bills, visit motherboardpodcast.com slash support. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons license, and you can learn more about that at motherboardpodcast.com slash about Last but not least, all views expressed on the podcast are individual opinions and not representative of any company. Thanks for listening. Best wishes for a happy work life and happy parenting.